Welcome to the Fifth Estate. They bring you the story. We bring you the truth. The Fifth Estate is the news behind the headlines, holding those in power in check. And now, with the real story, here's Cameron Blewett. Good evening, Melbourne. Uh, where are we? Uh, Sunday, 17th of July, 2022, for episode 55 of the Fifth Estate Podcast. And it's probably a little bit low. I think that's fixing the volume up a bit there. Uh, I was playing with my sound deck over the uh, this weekend and have adjusted a few of the settings, so they may not be coming through quite right. But anyway, I, I'll get to the bottom of it sooner or later. Um Obviously, there's quite a few things to talk about tonight. Uh, I think I might kick it off with uh, more promises by the Andrews regime. Uh, this time he's promising 400 additional hospital staff for $162 million. Uh, supposedly, uh, he's going to bribe um, skilled nurse practitioners, GPs and private hospital staff into Victoria. Nurse practitioners, general practitioners and private hospital staff into Victoria's emergency departments to triage the sick and injured people arriving by ambulance in record numbers. Uh, I wonder if they're going to be staffed in the places where the, what was it, 4,000 ICU beds are going to be located. Mm. So well, we'll just have to wait and see about that one. Um, yeah, it, it's, I don't know what. He's going to have any luck doing it. Uh, but, yeah, it's typical of these socialist governments just throwing away money, uh, especially when it's other people's money, uh, at, at all these things that they want to uh, pretend that they're caring about, pretending that they're fixing. I mean, mate, you know, he's had how many years to fix the hospital system? Uh, and prior as health minister... Then as Premier, so, and yet nothing's been done to fix it. Um, okay, let's, oh, no, it's related to the Wu flu. Okay, we're into uh, two and a half years now. Uh, what has been done? And remember, his, his big thing about uh, he had to lock us down and he had to bring in all these uh, papers, please, um, things because it was going to be a pandemic of the unvaccinated uh, that was going to put the strain on the hospitals and then there's two weeks to flatten the curve and, and all that sort of crap. And yet, he still did nothing about it. Uh, so, you know, we're... we're <laughs> it's... Yeah, it's just the thing. Right? Um, there's so much to read about this, but it's... Um, you know, people will fall for it hook, line and sinker, believe all the bullshit that comes out, believe that, hey, yes... You know, Dan's doing this to to help us and he's doing this because he really cares about us and he cares about the people. Well, you know what? No, he doesn't. You know, honestly, all he cares about and all they care about is the power. They don't give a whoopty about people. They don't give a whoopty about saving lives or anything like that. It all just comes down to power. And uh, there's a good chance that... Uh, you know, his, um, what is, it? you know, his grip on power. I mean, I'd love to say it's going to be slipping through his fingers, uh, though with uh, how incompetent the Andrew, uh, the guy 
Liberal Party is. I I can't believe that it's going to be, uh, you know, a, a genuine contest. He just seems to be doing things that will uh, make it easier for people to vote Labor. So um, I'll get into that one in a minute. Just want to finish talking about Dan. Um, so, so this is the thing. I mean, until people start realising that he's the one that locked us down for, what was it, 200-something days all up, uh, he's the one that has stopped kids going to school. He's the one that closed playgrounds. Uh, it's and you know I'm sure he'll turn around and say, "Oh no, under that time it was different legislation. It was a chief health officer that did all this. It wasn't me." Well, how can you say that? Because he's the one that decided when the jabs were coming in. He's the one that decided everything. And you know, if you honestly think that the position of Chief Health Officer in Victoria is independent of the government, uh, mate, I've got a bridge to sell you. Um, so, so yeah, and, you know, it, it's, yeah, it's just that. So he's doing his bit to cling on, onto power. And if we have a look at it, uh, there was a... Thing in the age. Uh, trying to find that article. Um, here we go. Uh, an opinion piece in the age by John Fane. Uh, it is essentially just a puff piece to explain why nothing's being done about it. So um, the whole point of the recent recent new Victorian health laws was to allow for the politicians rather than public service doctors to make decisions. Our elected representatives can be held accountable at the public at the ballot box. The chief medical officer cannot. It is the politicians who make the decisions, not the public service doctors. Unless there is a catastrophic change for the worse, COVID management will be a small part of the November battleground. If, however, Premier Danny Andrews was to mandate masks, recommend a strict work-from-home regime or, dare anyone even mention the word, lockdown again, the community response would be swift and savage. The electoral fallout would be profound. The pandemic would again be weaponized, and the ALP would be toast. So this is the age acknowledging that we're not, you know, that he's not doing anything because there's an election coming up. So if we vote him in and he gets another uh, turn at, uh, what is it, at, at being Premier, then it's just going to be, hey, he gets another four years in office and then he's going to be locking us down. He's going to be doing all sorts of crap to us. And, you know, the age has made it clear that that's what's going to happen. Uh, so, you know, don't think for a second that he doesn't want to do it. I bet you he's chomping at the bit. And also it, it, explain, it exposes the hypocrisy and the bullshit that was going on because he said he was doing what he was doing earlier on because he was doing it to save lives. Now he doesn't give a shit about saving lives. It's just he wants to secure his um, election result in November. 
So as I said, you know, these people do not care about lives. All they care about is power. Now, uh, I don't think the uh, a guy Liberal Party is going to be anything different. Uh, we've seen how Matthew Guy is. Uh, what is it? You know, with with regards to the, the treatment of Bernie Finn and even uh, the uh, you know prohibiting of the um, Liberal Party. Uh, politicians from engaging with those who are protesting on the steps of Parliament House uh, and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, he's 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 shown his metal. Uh, he's no different to Dan Andrews. He's probably just doing it at a at a, at a slower speed. Uh, so then, something you know, it's no surprise that the uh, this thing comes out in the Age today that uh, the Victorian opposition would halve emissions by 2030 and legislate the reduction target in a new climate policy to strengthen the coalition's credentials on the environment before the November election. So he hasn't learned anything from the, the recent federal election, so these guys are going to get wiped out. Uh, I doubt that there'll be enough left of the Liberal Party to form a party. Uh, there may be a handful of, of seats that they'll keep, uh, but yeah, all the swing seats are just going to be gone. Um, yeah, it, it's he hasn't shown any competence. He's not uh, not pushing back against the, the climate change stuff. Not turning around and saying, "Hey, no, we disagree with that." Um, unfortunately, the economy and keeping people alive comes first. No, he just turns around and says, "Yep." We'll have a 50% emissions reduction target by 2030. So it's it's just baffling. Uh, I don't think that there's anything that they can do to uh, you know to, to save themselves. Uh, I, yeah, I, I think they're, they're just going to be in opposition for another four years and then we're, we're stuck with the Andrews regime because they're, they're there's no difference between the two. Um, sure, people will turn around and, and, you know, vote, you know, not vote for Labor based on, on, on whatever it is that they're feeling, but, you know, they died on if they died in the wool Labor supporters, they're going to vote for the watermelons or, you know, the teal independents if there's a group of them that runs in Victoria. So... It's just not going to be anything different. Um, it's it's yeah. Um, I I do I, I, I pity the what Victoria is going to be like uh, with no uh, what is it no genuine opposition uh, from the the guy Liberal Party and it's 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 really it really is embarrassing. Um, you know, to 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 see to look at the Victoria that was like when I was growing up down here. Um, sure, I, you know, went away for quite a few years, but come back and it, it's it's different. And um, yeah, the, the the face of everything has changed. Like going retail has changed. Um, and you can't blame the economy or anything like that because I, th- I think it's just people don't give a whoop to you anymore. Um, you know, you, you can't find staff anywhere uh, and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's something's got to be done and keeping the, uh, 
a Labor government in power is not going to fix the state. Uh, so, yeah, it's – I just think it's it, it's something that, you know, needs to be – something needs to change and, you know, voting for a, a Labor Party government uh, is, is not going to be the way. And, I mean, case in point, uh, you know, Albanese – uh, did a uh, monumental backflip by restoring the $750 pandemic isolation payment and, you know, turning around saying, oh, they couldn't do it because it was something that, uh, you know, was done before his time. And, you know, he didn't turn around and say, hey, yeah, I'll stop it. Had to wait for National Cabinet. And but this also shows too, this is what National Cabinet's going to be like and this is what the... Uh, federal government's going to be like he's just going to buckle to the will of the states uh, instead of turning around and saying to them well no let's just change tack and turn around and get people to know that it's not the end of the world uh so yeah it's oh yeah it, it, it's just one of those things where um mm. <laughs> How do you say it without just breaking into expletives um, that the, the country's going to be screwed uh, by the time the next election comes around in, what, three years? Uh, we're all, you know, if we don't change the state, so we've got Victoria this year, New South Wales next year, WA, I think WA's already been done, Um I think maybe Queensland in what twenty four. Um, yeah, Queensland twenty twenty four. So you know, it's it's one of those things where we've got to start voting these people out and vote. You know, vote in for uh, you know people that are going to restore the state and stop spending money and you know, stop pushing this socialist, Marxist, whatever it is, agenda from World Economic Forum, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, yeah, it's it's it, it's something's got to change. If it doesn't, uh, I think we're all in uh, for a, a, a rough time because we've seen what happened in Sri Lanka. Can you imagine what that's going to be like uh, when, it, when it comes out here? Uh, and, yeah, it's... It's not something that I want to see. It's not something that I ever thought would happen. Um, we're coming close to it. And so, yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's it's just one of those things that we need to uh, be mindful about, start putting pressure on these politicians, uh, whether it's phone calls, letters, whatever it is. Let them know that you're not going to support them. Find uh, a candidate a, uh, a, a you know genuine independent candidate, not one of these faux independents who are supported by you know the Liberal Party or the Labor Party or or anything like, or even their um you know hidden millionaires that are pushing pushing things. Uh, so yeah, it's it's just something that yeah we we need to wake up to and and 
actually pay attention to who we're voting for and don't just do it out of tradition or because of something or because you've always voted that way. Um, you know, the, the, the parties that you voted for 20 years ago or 30 years ago are completely different to the parties that are there now. And it's, yeah, it, it's, it's time that everyone woke up and realised that and that they really don't care about us. All they care about is their power and being in parliament, whether it's, it's permanently in opposition, which it appears to be, uh, you know, the, the guy... Uh, led Liberal Party, and which, you know what, it, it probably suits them the best because then they can still keep their money, have no responsibility for anything, uh, have the odd, you know, press conference and, and, oh, you know, Daniel Andrews needs to do this and Daniel Andrews needs to do that. If there was a guy-led Liberal Party, Liberal government, then they would be doing this. And yet they make no effort to, to go after him or to, uh, you know, inform the uh, voting population of, of what is at stake. Um, and we know that's because they want to use all these powers too. So anyway, um, now speaking of using powers, a um, bit of a semi-segue in, into that. Uh, my uh, There was a thing in The Age today about Netflix may have saved the royals, says Andrew Hasty. Now uh, he's turned around and said, I'm not a monarchist. I'm a monarchist. I'm not someone who's out and proud and making the case every day, but I see the benefits of our system. And if we were ever going to change, I would want a good reason to do so, he said. Now, I wouldn't call myself a monarchist anymore. I think that uh, the monarchy let us down, the governor general let us down, the governor uh, has let us down um, over the last two years, never pushed back with the pandemic bill that was there. And, you know, she should have done it. Um, yes, create a stir, create whatever you want to to create it. It uh, should have put the parliament on notice that, hey, you know what, these things are, you know, are not appropriate for this country. Um, would it have caused a constitutional crisis? Who knows? Um, I think it would have been something that would have been there, you know, should have been done um, for that. Now, that being said, uh, I definitely do not support the... People's Choice or Australia's Choice Republic, uh, because that does nothing. It's only going to screw us even further. And uh, you know what? The the pirate was having his little rant uh, on on social on Twitter, and so of course I've had to say something to that. And I've been read retweeted by him twice. Uh, so. Uh, twice in one day, so, mate, uh, I'm on a roll today. And yet uh, his first one was, uh, what is it? <clears throat> um, ch -ch 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 -ch. Good. Okay, Andrew Hasty. I'm a Monica's dot, dot, dot. I see the benefits of our system. If we're ever going to change it, we want a good reason to. Can we start, Mr Hasty, with the sheer absurdity of having a foreigner as our head of state? Now. I, of course, replied, once again, Peter Fitz, Peter Fitz, you are misleading people. Our head of state is a queen of Australia, not a foreigner. That being said, how the prayers of Oz make um, life better for us? For the record, I no longer describe myself as a monarchist. I can't see your version. I can't see your how. I can't. Put the teeth back in. For the record, I no longer describe myself as a monarchist. I can't see how your version is an improvement. Okay. And then to his minions, he goes, so I, all right, Cam, I'll buy it. Can you answer this question, please? Is the Queen English? Yes or no? 
Now, my understand, and this is my response to him, my understanding is that as our monarch, the Queen of Australia is Australia or Australian. Now, again, I ask the question, how will the prayers of Oz make life better for us? So, you know, and, and he's come back with his little whatever he comes back and, and still misses the point. Yes, when the Constitution was written, it you know, the monarch was um, under the... Was it under the Queen or the King? I think it was the Queen. I'll pull up my copy here. It says, and and this is the thing that they still haven't, whereas, um, oh, no, it doesn't say. It says under the crown. Whereas the people of New South Wales, Victoria, South Australia, Queensland and Tasmania, humbly relying on the blessing of Almighty God, have agreed to unite in one indissoluble federal commonwealth under the crown of the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Ireland and under the constitution hereby established. Where it is expedient to provide for the mission into the Commonwealth of other Australian colonies and, and possessions by the Queen. So, it's, uh, it was the Queen. Um, <clears throat> so, this is the thing. It's, you know, and they still can't change the preamble. And the preamble makes it clear. What is that bit that I just read out that where it's indissoluble, uh, we can't change it and it is under the crown. So any attempt to become a republic is going to be deemed unconstitutional. Any act uh, passed by parliament to get a um, legislation to, you know, got to be passed by both houses and then goes to a referendum, that's deemed to be unconstitutional because it says unite in one indissoluble federal commonwealth under the crown. Uh, so, yeah, we'll wait and see on that one. Anyway, um, going back to the Pirates tweet, um, the, the Royal, Titans, Royal Title and Styles Act of 1972 or 73 it was, uh, changed, you know, potentially unconstitutionally, changed the title of Her Majesty uh, to Her Majesty Queen of Australia. Now, from there... Okay, so she's not, um, technically she's not a foreign monarch, she's Australian. And as I've said before, if they're obsessing about where this person lives or where they were born, then isn't that a racist campaign? They just, they don't want someone of that race, of the English race, to be the head of state of here. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear the pirate on that one. Um I really want to tweet that out to him. I know as soon as I do, he's going to block me uh, and it's easier just to, to play with him and, and let him think that he's he's getting his bit. Um, you know, he's going for all his bullshit that he's going on with uh, and, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so... He's...
I'm sorry, I'm just reading through this and it's just like, holy smoke. Um, it's one of those things, you've got to love social media. Um, so anyway, um, then he's, t- t- you know, in response to my understanding is the Queen of, uh, that, is, that as our monarch, the Queen of Australia is Australian. Cam, if your argument rests on the Queen being Australian, no, seriously, there is little point in continuing, but I can't resist. Your, log- your logic is also, was also applied against Australia having its own flag and anthem. Was it right or wrong to have our own flag and our own anthem? I, I really, that makes no sense to me, whatever. Um, I I haven't read through these comments and and just like it's baffling. Um, I I really don't understand that tweet, what he's put there. Your logic was also applied against Australia having its own flag and and anthem. Well, the flag came around in 1920 or something like that. Um, Who knows when the, the anthem was changed, which, you know, I disagree with. Uh, our national anthem anyway because we are, you know, no young, longer, young and free or whatever ScoMo changed it to uh, and all that sort of stuff. So for the last two years we haven't been anything um, and all that. So why, yeah, I'm not even going to try and, and get into that, the logic in, the, in that head of his uh, because it makes no sense whatsoever. Um, now, also, keeping on with the pirate, he did his bit today to uh, push some more uh, to give Fiona Patton uh, the the sellout uh, of the Reason Party um, to turn around and help continue pushing her agenda about uh, getting the Lord's Prayer out of Parliament and all that sort of stuff. So. She appeared, he did a column with her and then he spoke to, uh, who did he speak to? Michael Jensen of St. Mark's Darling Point. Now, it's interesting to see his points. Um, He's... Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not even going to go there. But, you know, this this is the thing. Uh, this is why we can't let the um, Andrews regime in power and Fiona Patton's got to be um, booted out of Parliament uh, for, for, for the next season, uh, next next elections. Um, whether you agree with it or not um, about the Lord's Prayer being in Parliament, I'm starting to move that it should be. Um because I, I think it, it says it 
What is it, it? It comes back to being a reminder of how things are done, and that um, you know, what it, to, to remind, remind us all is that we should be looking at something with. Um, uh, you know, some sort of morals, um, some sort of uh, integrity and things like that. And yet if you get rid of that, what is there to remind politicians that they're not in it for themselves, that, there's supposed to, that there is something bigger than them uh, out there? And we know why the authoritarian left don't want any of that because they just want everyone focused on themselves and it's all about, you know, me, 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 and what I can get now, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but yeah, I, I just, I think it would be a bad thing to get rid of it, um, and that I think if they do want to, I think that they should actually do the right thing and put it out to the vote, put it out to the people, and decide whether they want it in or not. After all. Um, you know, Parliament is there as a representation of us, or supposedly. So, shouldn't they? Shouldn't we be the ones that decide whether it stays or whether it goes, rather than just a a handful of politicians who are pushing their own agenda? And and you know that goes for those those who want to keep it as well. Uh, now, if you want to talk about um, taking away the tax. Um, uh, status or what is it, tax-free state, tax-exemption status for uh, religious enterprises, um, I think go for it. Take it off the church. Take it off unions because what do they do? Um, they're so, they've so far gone from their uh, how they were uh, status. Uh, from you know from how they were in the uh, early days to how they are now <clears throat> I'm trying to find it here we go push for unions to be taxed and that was 2018 um, that they should. Um, so you know, because I mean, you have a look at how they are. They, yeah, it, it's one of those things. Is that yep? If you're going to do it for one group, do it for everyone. Just remove it. Um, we've seen the. Uh, what is it, the ACNC was starting to crack down on uh, tax-exempt uh, entities commenting on uh, government policies, etc., etc. They weren't able to do that lest they lose their tax-exempt status, oh, which is interesting because the tax-exempt status is from the ATO, not the ACNC. Uh, so yeah, it's... It's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's something. Hang on. Um, search the charity register. Mm. 
What are they classed as? What is their tax exempt status? They're just other incorporated, unincorporated entities. Union increased reports in Union were drawn from Holy smoke. If you have a look at this, um, and this is an article from 2018, um, a, a growth in assets. Um, but then if you have a look at their income, um, from 2003, 2002, 2003 to 2016, 17, uh, the CFMEU was $137 million, Then it jumped to $278 million. Um, and it's but then again, I mean, yeah, anyway. Um unions are generally exempt from paying tax on membership fees income from other sources, including commercial revenue, but it's live with GST payroll stamp duty and PYG. Um It's, yeah, um, but, but one of those things, I mean, as I said, take it off one, let's just take it off them all, um, get rid of it all and then just have a genuine community groups that are doing that. Uh, so, yes, anyway, um, one thing I wanted to finish this on, uh, article yesterday came out in the Herald Sun, illicit gun trade thriving, interviews with incarcerated criminal underworld figures reveal. Now, underworld figures are able to get their hands on illegal guns within a matter of hours of leaving jail, despite Australia's tight gun laws. Now, let's make it clear, Australia does not have gun laws. All we have is, all Australia has is importing laws because Australia as a country cannot pass laws relating to firearms and firearm ownership, possession, etc., etc. All they can do is control what is being imported. It is up to the states to decide uh, what happens with regards to firearm ownership. Um, so Deakin, research, Deakin University researchers studied 75 in-depth interviews uh, with a string of incarcerated criminal underworld, uh, revealing that most shady characters enlist the help of other of their associates with out criminal records known as clean skins to obtain firearms on the dark web. Um, gun brokers and criminals, well-connected associates were other popular means of obtaining legal weapons which ran from Glock pistols, shotguns and semi-automatic rifles. Wanting to commit armed robbery and simply the thrill of owning an illegal gun were among the two most common motives for skirting gun regulations. <coughs> um, the findings come amid a slew of underworld shootings in Victoria and New South Wales in recent months with professional boxer and former bikey Sam Punisher and can't pronounce his surname, so apologies about that. Shot just weeks ago at a funeral in Faulkner. Where, meanwhile, a dozen targeted killings have marred the streets of Sydney in the past two years alone. 
so it said, many interviewees told us they could get a gun within a matter of hours after leaving jail. It was just that quick and easy for those who are well-connected, Professor Bright said. So... Uh, the most recent crime stats agency, statistics agency data shows there have been 4,978 firearm-related offences so far this year. Last year, 5,057 offences were recorded. Most firearms were carried, firearm crimes were carried out on residential properties. Um, so it just makes a mockery of what is, is happening, uh, you know, how draconian the laws are in this state when, as I've said, it's only the the law-abiding that these laws apply to and it has, like, you know, the permit to acquire where you have to go, you have to fill out a form, uh, either electronic or paper, and it has to get lodged with Victoria Police and then they decide whether you can acquire or not acquire a, a, a legal firearm when you're, or, you know, licensed to do so and yet criminals can just walk out within and as they've said there a matter of hours pick up their own one um and so yeah it's it's a thing i mean what's the answer um i disagree with the uh firearm prevention orders uh, prohibition orders because um i believe that that's a slippery slope that if um, <clears throat> if Victoria Police want to turn around and say, hey, you know what, you can't have a firearm, then they need to have, a, you know, th- there needs to be a, a lawful reason to search them. They can't just turn around and say, hey, mate, you're in the car with, you know, all these people, they all get searched now because they're associating with you and you're, you know, you've got an FPO on you. Um, and, yeah, it, it's it's the thing. So, yes, I know it's targeted for these you know, the bikies and all that sort of stuff. Well, remember we were promised that the SOG and all that were going to be going after terrorists. They wouldn't be after tradies or people walking through the city in high-vis clothing. And yet what have we seen for the last two years? We've seen, you know, rubber bullets come out with a group of people that were just standing there. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that for as far as it goes... It was a peaceful protest. It's not like the protests that we've seen overseas and everything like that. And yet, you know, here rubber bullets were fired at it. Um, you know, uh, capsicum spray and, and gas was used as a crowd control, which I believe is in breach or contradicts the manual when it's not supposed to be used as a crowd control technique, especially when it's outside um, and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it, it's... As I said, it, it's a slippery slope. Um, FPOs, no. Um, it, it's the thing is that if if these people are that bad that they need to be constantly monitored, why are they let out in, of prison in the first place? And you know why? You know why? Why are they being paroled uh, and, and all that sort of stuff? So, and I'm not saying that. It's it, you know, it, it, it's a lot more complex than, than than just looking at what they've done um, and, and all that. So yes, it, it's a complex complex uh, 
uh, topic. It's not going to have an easy solution. Now, an FPO isn't an easy solution for it. Uh, all it does is, yep, you know what, they may get searched, they may um, do whatever. Same as the um, weapons orders or whatever the hell they call them, um, when a control of weapons thing uh, where they can just lock down an area and to search everyone and confiscate everything and demand that you, you know, give over your details. Well, no, that shit shouldn't happen either. Uh, it should be just a, a thing of, uh, you know, if they want to, you know, if they want to search you, what's the probable cause and arrest the person for a crime. And if they haven't committed a crime and they're arrested just for the purposes of the search, well, as I said, we need someone to protect us from Victoria Police. Um, there was, what was it, something that they were published a couple of days ago. Um, one of the police stations, um, I think it was Altona, uh, got on board with the EPA and sent notices to all these people with hotted up vehicles, etc., etc., and advised them to voluntarily come down for an EPA check. Uh, and yet, you know, they're saying that oh, all these people voluntarily came down. Um, I mean, I I disagree with the EPA checks and all that sort of crap at the, at, at the best of times, um, considering that I think, especially on motorbikes, I think loud pipes do save lives um, because... It lets people know that you're around. Yes, some do go a bit overboard. Uh, though, you know, why is it that, uh, you know, you can't have loud pipes on a bike and yet, you know, a plane flies overhead or you're driving near the airport or whatever goes on and there's some reason for some loud noise. Uh, so I, I think that that's overreach by the Environmental Protection Authority. Uh, I remember, geez, when I was young and did the hoon strips uh, up and down through Dandenong along the Princess Highway, uh, you'd get, you know, you'd get the police out there. They'd get out with their little wheel, uh, 110 mil off the ground. They'd wheel it under your car and if it contacted any part of your car or they couldn't slide under your car, your car would get a canary because it was too low. Uh, the EPA would come out and stick that thing up their exhaust pipe to check if you you know, if you're running lean or you're running something different. And, you know, that was the thing. Um, a lot of us run Avgas in the cars at the time, um, which, you know, yeah, hey, different time uh, and, and all that sort of stuff. So, I mean, yeah, it's – I understand why they think they need to do it um, and it's better off that – they find a way to let these people soup up their cars safely rather than turn around and do that. And, I mean, yeah, there were, what was it? It was about the time there, there was a um, uh, Victoria Police did a drag car down at Calder Park. Um, they had their own, what was it, a, a VB Commodore or something like that with a big V8 in it. And they used to, you know, it was a souped-up police car and they'd take it down to Calder Park and, and you could have street drags, you know, down the quarter mile with um, one of the, the, the police cars. Uh, you know, that would be doing a whole lot better um, 
PR-wise and probably for safety for the general population than having uh, the EPA go out and all that sort of stuff. And it's... I yeah it, it, it's it's one of those things is that it makes it's only revenue raising um, give these people somewhere close by not called a park where it takes you freaking ages to get there and they can't do it but you know give them somewhere safe um, you know open Sandown I mean shit I don't know <laughs> I don't know, I don't think Sandown's still in existence anymore. Um, as I said, it's it's been a while since I've been back race course. Um, wasn't that? I don't know. Still there. Um. Um, the, 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 you know, car racing and, and find places where they can let their steam, let their steam off um, legally rather than uh, do it and then even get involved with them and do it as more of a um, continual PR exercise. And yes, you know, it, 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 it's, yeah, it, it's a thing, it's never going to happen because this government's all about raving revenue and revenue uh, and all that sort of stuff. So, uh, but anyway, uh, it, it, it's one of those things. I mean, uh, it, yeah, it just doesn't make sense um, for, for that. So, But anyway, going back to the um, – when's that from? Last year, January last year. Um, article, criminals banned from carrying guns are being busted, arming themselves at a rate of 14 a week. As anti-guns police raise, run a fresh black market weapons crackdown, the Herald Sun can reveal the extraordinary level of breaches of the law specifically aimed at providing a heavy deterrent to convicted offenders. The charge of being a prohibited person in possession of a firearm was laid 3,744 times in the past five years. Uh, seven municipalities made up one-third of the statewide total of 708. Casey, Melton, Hume, Geelong, Greater Dandenong, Brinback and Latrobe. Nine people were shot dead and 41 wounded in 2020. Guns were used in 18 carjackings in Victoria last financial year. Firearms were used in 36 home invasions in that period. Police statewide seized more than 770 illegal firearms last year. The number of banned people illegally carrying guns remains high in the major regional centres of Geelong and Ballarat. Um, so, so this was, as I said, 2021, so last year, um, the, the laws are only, um, penalising the law abiding. They're not doing anything to... Uh, um, cut down crime. They're not doing anything to uh, anything like that. It's yeah, it's it, it's just done to to penalise the the law abiding. Um, 
so yes, and now also this just popped up uh, in my feed about the seven fifty um, dollar payment that Albo reinstated. Now it was a fifty fifty split, uh, and it was that. Uh, it said Victorians will need to fork out close to $100 million to pay, continue paying people to stay home. Daniel Andrews cut his holiday short by two days to join state and territory leaders at Saturday's National Cabinet meeting where the Prime Minister spectacularly backflipped on his casual worker payment policy to extend it to November, September 30 this year. Um... And states have been left to pick up half of the bill this time around with Victoria expected to cough up almost $100 million alone. Now, if you combine that with his uh, $162 million, there's a quarter of a billion dollars just there in, in two things. Uh, so, you know, where's the money coming from, Dan? Uh, that's, I think, something that needs to be asked and and – What's it going to cost us in the future? So anyway, um, I'm sure more will come out about that later on. Uh, I think I might end it here. been waffling for a good period of time. Um, please, uh, if you haven't done so already, like this on wherever you listen to your podcasts uh, and all that sort of stuff, subscribe, share and all that sort of good stuff. And uh, yes, I will see you next time. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Fifth Estate, the news behind the headlines. Until the next episode of The Fifth Estate releases, we'd love for you to leave a review wherever you go to for quality podcasts. And we'll keep holding those in power in check.